Radio. Welcome, guys, to the Back to You podcast. It's Aidan O'Brien here, back with another episode. And today I'm very excited to launch a new segment of the Back to You podcast. This is called the Authentically You segment. So this is where I'm going to have guests on that I believe are living their most authentic lives. You know, they're in a job, they're in an industry, they've had a career or life where it's very easy to, to fall off track, to go left, to go right, but they've chosen to stay on track. They've chosen to stay true to themselves, to their dream, to their mission, to their vision. And they're people that I've either gotten to know personally, maybe I've worked with them, maybe I've observed them from a distance, someone I've built a relationship recently, they could be any of the above, but there's someone that I have witnessed. They have certain characteristics, you know, certain postures about themselves that they have belief. They have the confidence to keep going no matter what happens. So this is going to be, that's a short explanation of the authentically you, um, the idea behind it. This is what it's a mission for me, not just listening to me every episode, but bringing on people that I look up to, that I respect, that I admire. And I'm so excited today to have a, a very special person, someone I've become quite friendly with. We've done a little bit of work together over the last year. And I've learned a lot from, we've, I've been on her show actually as well. So this is kind of exciting for, for me to flip it on the other side. I'm not going to give you too much information about her. I'm going to ask her to introduce herself. But this is the very first guest on the Authentically You um, segment of the Back to You podcast. So I'd like to welcome Claire McKenna. Claire, welcome to the Back to You podcast. Thank you for having me, Aiden. So I know Claire probably about a year. We know each other probably a year and a half about now, I would say, around. And we've gotten to know each other a little bit. Um, Claire is in how I would describe it is in TV and radio. Now that might be oversimplifying it. So Claire, can you kind of maybe introduce a little bit where your official title, I suppose, right now would be a great place to start. Or how you well, introduce because yourself. Because the platforms have changed so much. Um, I would mm. usually say broadcaster because now it includes social media. It include, includes the podcast world. But yeah, originally when I said I, I wanted to be a radio and TV presenter. So that was my original goal and vision and yeah that's what I do mainly for a living now I present a health and wellness show which is really my passion in life um so I've got to merge the two health and wellness with being on air and yeah means a lot I also have a podcast called change makers and I do a fair bit of tv work um, before the pandemic, I was working extensively with our breakfast show, our national breakfast show here in Ireland. Um, but for now, um, it's mainly the radio, the podcast, and I am in talks at the minute about doing some health and wellness documentaries for TV. And that's now where my real passion would lie as well. So I'd love to bring those to fruition. Amazing. I knew I was oversimplifying it. And that's why I'm glad I asked you. <laughs> So, Claire, how did you, as you said, when you first kind of started off, TV and radio was kind of the vision, it was the dream. When did that start? Where did that start from? Like, what was the really the beginning of that of that dream, would you say? Um, like, my dad was an amazing guy for getting the camcorder out back in the day where there was no um, phones to allow you to do that. And I mean, he, he had like a tape deck that would be in a bag that he'd have to wear over his shoulder as well as the camera that was nearly the size of a TV studio camera. Right. And he would get it out. He was, was re-dyed. Um, it'll be two years coming up now in November. But he was a real singing, you know, all bells and whistles kind of guy. And 
I think that really kind of fed into the kind of house I grew up in. So to perform and to sing was just very normal and he'd get the camcorder out and something in me, I think, just lit up with that. And, you know, there's videos of me down on our holidays, our family holidays down on the beach. And I'm saying, here we are, you know, at Cork Beach. And, you know, I'm totally presenting this little family holiday. I'm freezing cold Ireland on a grey yeah. beach. Um, so that was always very normal to me. Um, and if there was ever a power cut, he'd get out the big tape deck and we'd record a radio show and we'd even record the ads and we'd be doing the interviews and all that kind of thing so I think that's where I first got it I think I definitely owe it to him but when I first left school I always thought I wanted to be an actress because speech and drama was the one area that I could really get into that performing side of things that mm. I really loved so that seemed to be the only way. I don't know why I never really considered media at that time. So that's what I did for the first couple of years. And in that time, I had moved out of home as well. I was always a very independent, headstrong kind of person. But with that independence that I craved also came massive responsibility to meet my rent and pay my bills and, and, sure. and live. So that really made me assess the acting world. Um, I read an interview only last night, actually, in one of the Sunday supplement magazines with a, a, an actress or a, a lady who had also turned her back on acting. And she said she'd read a quote, only act if you can't live without it. And she had assessed whether she could or not and, and realized she could live without it. And I think I was a little bit the same. I think you have to have a real passion for it and be willing to work <clears throat> in any back lane theatre for a really small amount sure. and if that leads to Hollywood well then fair enough but I think I was just looking to go to Hollywood, Hollywood straight away and <laughs> if that wasn't going to happen then you know I I, I it wasn't going to pay my way I think was another big big driving force so I went into the corporate world just through a friend you know back when you're in your your 20s you have so much time you're like yeah I'll take this job you know you, you don't have a strategy as such you're willing to just try anything and I went to various office jobs and it was in one where they had an amazing HR team who I will forever be indebted to because they sent us on so many personal development courses and that was the first time I'd ever been exposed to anything like that so there'd be team building exercises and team building days, but they'd also sit us in front of people. There's a Scottish guy called Jack Black. He says he had the name before the Hollywood actor, right. but he would be a Tony Robbins kind of guy, a motivational speaker, all about personal development. And he was just up on this stage and he was selling this idea that, you know, if you can believe it, you can be it to really simplify what he said over the afternoon. And I just thought this was incredible and there was just mm. something in it that really shook me and I had always I suppose had a bit of a self-belief in that I was willing to walk out on a stage or I was willing to go after something I wanted or I was willing to move out or I was willing to I always just had this kind of innate belief in myself and I was working then in a company I was PA to the to the MD in a marketing company and I loved him and I loved the work and at the time he was also managing the manager of the Irish soccer team. And that was a really exciting time because we got into the World Cup. So obviously his um, demands for him to public speak and everything were huge. And I used to manage all that diary. And it was a really exciting time. 
but it wasn't lighting me up and I knew it mm. wasn't lighting me up and I just said to myself well, what am I going to do and I kind of realized that maybe wanting to come out on stage as somebody else maybe I hadn't have had the confidence years previously to just be me and I kind yeah. of thought well why don't I go into tv and radio why don't I just be me so I did a complete jump out of um, the corporate world got a job well, in a restaurant what, and when you, when you had that realization like why don't I just be me like how old are you around that time when you had mm, that first 24 I'd say 25 yeah. which is like pretty young still to have that awareness right like some people don't realize that for a long time so you know did, did you feel even now looking back do you feel lucky that you realized that so young or do you feel like that was late you should have realized it sooner like where do you feel that was at that time no because it's so hard to know and I even hear you I've been listening to your podcast and you're saying it's really hard to figure these things out without a coach and at school certainly my my school um you know there wasn't great career guidance necessarily you know you're just left to figure it out and at 15 to be trying to pick your here in Ireland we do the leaving cert subjects and you know you're supposed to know what you want to do at that stage you don't even know yourself you haven't had enough life experience I think I needed to get out in the world um I'd also always been fixated on being in a, in a relationship I, I think you know that's always a really big deal as you're as you're growing up as a teenager is finding that person and I was in a fairly serious relationship from 19 to 24 and that had also come to an end and I think that was a real gift for me as well because that's a real moment to go okay well if I'm not going in that direction because I really did think yeah. that was going to be a kind of a happily ever after um where am I going and I think looking back now I do take these moments of, of reflection of self-reflection where I'm like where am I at now what's working for me what's not working for me and what do I want and that was certainly an answer that I got and I do really kind of I mean I don't vividly remember the day but I remember that feeling of why don't you just be yourself maybe you've more confidence in yourself now after working in various places so yeah I started working in a restaurant and knocking on doors knocking on radio station doors for any kind of um experience that they give me and what's interesting about the end of the relationship and people always think like these ends are a bad thing I always call them contrast because they show their communication they show you what you don't want and it's always I find much easier to make change when there's been chaos that's why I think after the last two years there's more people changing careers starting businesses moving country ending relationships start because when there's chaos and the, the waves are choppy, it's almost easier to make an adjustment. When everything is smooth sailing, it's hard to, how am I going to be the one who, who breaks character, who breaks pattern, who acts incongruent with who I've been? So like for anyone listening to this, you know, whenever you're in your mess, it's a great time to make an adjustment. First of all, it's contrast showing what you don't want. It's now giving you clarity, you've less fear because you're already in chaos, right? Like you're already, that plan you thought you had with this guy already ended. You're like, Okay, so maybe everything I've believed isn't necessarily true. And now maybe there's an opportunity for me to to take a step forward with less judgment. And it's really a perception, isn't it? Like, because no one really cares. We're also worried about ourselves. But in your mind, you're like, well, that went wrong. So like, if this other thing goes wrong, it doesn't really matter. Like, let me now kind of start to look what I really want. Was that the kind of feeling a little bit? And how do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah, and I don't so, want to make it sound as cut and dry as that, no. that I just had this awareness and on I went. Sure. I mean, that I carried that hurt with me for years and it was like an sure. open sore, you know, like when you, you get a tooth taken out and you keep 
go into that area in your mouth. Yeah. Like I used to do that to myself all the time. And I kind of put it in my backpack and carried that along from, it took me years to let that go of why didn't that work? And, you know, it wasn't that very sad and, you know, and carrying that. So I don't mean to make it sound like I was like, tick yeah, on and, and no. on I went. So just, I'm just as much of a complicated person as anybody else but it was a crossroads for me and it did really force me to go where do I want to go next in in life and it was it was tough like it was really tough mm. working long hours in restaurants in thankless jobs you know some people I met were amazing but some managers and stuff I had you know it just wasn't it wasn't a, a fun environment it was hard it was tough it was long the hours don't suit me. I'm not that kind of person to be working late in the night and then starting again, you know, the next day. And when you're going into radio stations, they're not going to offer you your, you know, your show mm, straight yeah, away. Yeah. Or they're not going to say, we're going to fly you off to London and you're going to interview mm. so-and-so. They're like, can you go out in the street, take this microphone, go out in the street and ask people what they think about the latest change in politics or what do they think about the budget or, you know, how often do they scroll to their phone would probably be one they'd use now and like people are saying no 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 time no time oh. walking through you know and you're nervous and you don't know anybody but yeah I just I just kept going and somehow one thing just led to another and when you look back because you forget sometimes like some real magic can happen so like I was living with a girl um who was a fashion designer she still is now but for kids clothes but her and two other designers used to have these sample sales and, you know, sell off lots of their clothes. And one of the other designers boyfriends called to the door to collect the, the rail and that we had to set it up in the hotel. And we were like, God, this guy is great, isn't he? You know, he's very uh, larger than life kind of character, dressed a really particular way, helping to set all of this up for his girlfriend. So he really kind of struck a chord with all of us. And he was a really nice, nice guy. And we got talking one day and he said that he worked in IT, but he wanted to get out of it. And he had just got a job in TV um, doing kids TV. So this obviously really interested me. And I was asking yeah. him how he did it and what did he do and all that kind of thing. And then we went our separate ways. And then one day I was trudging down the road after one of my days in the radio station, uh, getting my little bit of experience or whatever. Um, and I met him and we just we just ran into each other on the street and he said, look, I, the kids TV thing, it just wasn't for me. I loved it, but I'm not a kids TV presenter. So I'm thinking of putting together a radio show. Would you be interested in demoing with me? And I said, yeah, um, I would. And we went and long story short, we became uh, talk show presenters together and we worked together on a Dublin radio station called Spin for five years. And we absolutely love it. He's still one of my best friends to this day and that was the start of it so I think what that has taught me is when you start putting out what you want when you decide what you want and you're kind of putting it out there now I never mm -hmm. sat and started thinking about manifesting or visualizing or anything but my eyes were open to okay. opportunity I knew where I wanted to go so my eyes were open to opportunity do you feel like you were, your heart was full, like you knew in your heart because I always feel what you feel in your body is truly for you like even though the external might be tough, you're doing something that's totally left field to pay the bills, but you know, in your heart, like this is what you want. And yeah. you feel like you were pulled forward by that. And was, was there an element of trust in that as well, as you were going through this path? Yeah. I mean, I wonder, did I give it 
as much thought. I just had this dogged self-belief. Um, yeah. And so something probably that the awareness I, probably wasn't there then, right? Like I don't think I analyzed things, yeah, as yeah. much. But I did have a dogged self-belief in myself. Now, he got us that job. I mean, I know we did it together and we demoed together and everything, but he was persistent. He rang those radio stations. I can be a bit of a, oh, I don't really want to be annoying somebody. I rang mm. them last, next, last week. Let's just leave it for a week. May you don't want yeah. to get annoying. He did not care about being annoying. He wanted right. to be annoying. So, you know, that was, that was another major push. And I suppose a bit of a lesson that I've, I've, I've since ignored. I'd still be very much, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I annoy them a little bit, but yeah, I, I just, I just wasn't afraid. I do also remember, mm. I don't remember when it happened, but I remember making a promise to myself that if there's something I want to give a go, I'm going to give it a go. I'm not yeah. going to hold back. I, I really am so full of the belief that we only get one life and you have to make the most of it. And life is precious and I, I kind of said I never want to be sitting in a rocking chair or whatever age that rocking chair comes and thinking why didn't you do that because even if it, even if it failed or it didn't work out it doesn't matter you gave it a go so I've always sort of had that in me and do you think men and women today do you think this that's there or is it less is it there more or is it there less than you think maybe in the 90s or early 2000s what do you feel like the culture today do you feel like this is there that fight and people too much options, too many possibilities. And I, I think that's in relationships as well. And we can touch on that. Like, you know, as much it was almost easier to have relationships back in the day because you had a fight. You still had to go and go home and, and talk to that person. Whereas now you've thousands of people on Instagram, people access all the time. So you, you don't have to have to fight for the relationship either because it's like, oh, next, this is a distraction. So in terms of career, let's stay on the career or whatever way you want to go. But do you feel like that's still there, that commitment from people to stay on track? Or is there too much distraction or other possibilities? Yeah, distraction was the word that I was going to use. I think there's so much distraction. I don't know what I've had that much get up and go if I could have been pulled into scrolling every five minutes. It's so easy to get lost. And Mm. I think it's quite overwhelming. I mean, on the one hand, when I was talking about the career guidance I would have got into in school and how you're supposed to know who you are, there is a real plus side to all the social media and all we have access to right now, because sure. it's a lot easier to kind of find who you are or who you want to be or align yourself with something. And everybody is broadcasting themselves out there. And I know obviously the other side of that is are people putting up their true authentic self because we don't really put up the mess. We put up all sure. the really good moments, but essentially a young person starting out now can start putting themselves out into the world, can gather information, can gather mm. momentum, whatever that dream is. It doesn't necessarily have to be career based, but sure. I think there is more there. That's the positive. But the other side is there's a there's a there's more distraction there and everything is a little bit overwhelming and everything feels a little bit heavy at the moment. There's so much sort of negative that I'd imagine people mm. are a little bit paralyzed by all that. I was completely oblivious. I mean, for a start, I should say, you know, I suppose I did mention it with my dad, but I mean, I came from a very privileged upbringing where, of course, I saw possibility everywhere because I was so supported Mm. and education was there for me and support was there for me. So, I mean, that's the number one that I definitely had. But also in the time that I was growing up, 
we were being told you can be anything that you want to be. We didn't have the climate change discussion that's going on now mm. as much. We didn't have the world economy stuff. I mean, it came, believe me, it did yeah. come. But at the time that I was starting out, it was like the Spice Girls were like, you know, girl power, you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. And I always come back to them because they were really ordinary girls. You know, they didn't have that kind of, they were your first that they weren't so far off with this film oh, of superstar yeah. they were just ordinary girls that decided to have a laugh and look where it got them and I think that was the atmosphere that I was starting out in and I think that really fed into how I behaved and moved through the world so you think cultural then really affects the direction people are going in or their commitment to their direction yeah I do and it definitely fed into mine I kind of believed that I could be whatever <laughs> I wanted to be now I think there's a sort of naivety to that because sure. it didn't go as linear as I expected it to. And that's certainly been part of my journey. Sometimes you set your sights on something and you get there. And when you're, I had a real striving mentality that had come from all those pers personal development courses, you set the goal, you write it down, you make it happen, you make it happen, but then you get to the goal and then you're like, well, right onto the next thing, onto the next, onto the next. So that's where it has kind of tripped me uh, in some ways. And that's sort of been my journey now over the last little while, because now I'm sort of at the midpoint now, like I'm 44. So that's very different to who I was at 24. So mm. now things feel different. Like I said to you, I was taking jobs in offices and I was like, yeah, I'll work there. What they make ads. Yeah. I like ads. Now I'm like, I don't know how much time I have left. I need to make more strategic yeah. moves. And that's just not something I had in my mind. Obviously now I, I have um, two kids. I have different responsibilities. I have to be a bit more careful with my, my time and my decisions. But back then at 24, I was wide eyed and the whole world was a possibility for me. Yeah. And, you know, I think even from our conversations over the past few months and, and years, as well as that, we have to maintain we have to keep that like when we we have to if sometimes it comes kind of knocks us it's like okay we need a certain amount of that innocence right still that trust that belief that wide-eyed or whatever you, how you phrase it there we need that still though right so as much as we have this new awareness and this wisdom and this focus and maybe a bit more fear because we we kind of we think of what can go wrong because we have more experience but like how important is it to still keep that innocence and that belief and that wonder and that faith in magic as well like do you how much of that is still part of your life and how important is it that we kind of have an intention or an awareness or that we remind ourselves somehow to go back to that and have that? Well, I really had to work on that. Um, work was flying for me. Everything was going really well. Um, you know, life was great. Um, you know, after years of being single and doing all the dating thing, I met my now husband um, I was working in that radio station, then the TV work started coming. And again, I, you know, through my life, I've always had an innate gut feeling that I can kind of tune in and say, is this is this right for me? And, you know, we went on to have two kids. And after my second daughter or my second child, a daughter, I decided to go freelance. Um, Johnny, who I had mentioned, he had decided to go down the kind of science and technology route as a presenter. So he was leaving the talk show as I went on maternity leave. So I was going to be coming back to a very different show. And 
I decided it was time for something new and something different. We had done it, you know, for five, five years. So it was time to move on. So I started working with some of the other radio stations um, in Ireland and I was mainly getting behind the scenes work. So that that felt a bit different. And it was all sort of week to week stuff. I was trying to juggle it with the kids. This is a whole new landscape for me and being self-employed and trying to manage my finances rather than just getting a wage and, and sort of childminder and all of that. So that was that was a whole new ball game. And after two years of that, I was working on the breakfast show behind the scenes, one of the biggest breakfast shows in, in the country. And I was loving it because I've always I'm still a fan of listening to it now. And I loved the people and I loved the fun. But I knew I wanted to be the other side of the microphone. Yeah. And it had been great for me to get so much experience and meet so many different people and do so many different things. But I just knew, and I was covering a maternity leave for somebody who decided they weren't going to come back and they offered me the job full time. And I sat there and I knew I I still had all these responsibilities. We still had the mortgage, the bills, the everything. And I just looked at what I could do. And I just said, no, I, I know I need to say no to this. I know I need to jump. And I said, no, And I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks later, the phone rang and it was the TV station that I had worked with um, before I had my little girl. I worked right up to being um, ready to ready to pop. And um, they said, look, somebody's left unexpectedly. Can, Can you come in? And I just flew with them then for another couple of years. And some every now and then I get that kind of justification for my gut feeling. You know, sure. and, and that's that's magic when that happens. It's magic. But when it doesn't happen, when you see the magic, when the magic isn't happening, that's when you can get or I can get frustrated. Mm. And the pandemic hit. You start to question. I start to question. Come. Yeah. I mean, not my decision necessarily, but when you see the formula of, you know, you ask yourself what you want, you set the vision and you start moving towards it and things start happening. When you're met or when I'm met with things not happening, then I get frustrated with the formula. So Mm. 2019 was probably my busiest career year and everything was going great and I was really enjoying it. And I think in my industry, maybe it's the same for for other people, but so much of your self-worth is tied up in what you do. And when you when your work is based on your personality, because that's Mm. what you're putting out every day on air. Um, you know, things were flying and I was like, great, this is who I am. And then the pandemic hit and my radio show continued, thankfully, because I absolutely loved the anchor of that. And it being health and wellness, there was never a more pertinent time to be talking about that and minding your mind as the whole world kind of came to terms with what was going on. But the TV work kind of stopped and the pace of work, as it did for everybody, stopped. stopped. And on a personal level, you know, I really got to stop juggling and I got to spend really sacred time with my kids and my husband. Um, you know, I, I got to really learn so much about being out in nature and how important that really is. Cause that's all we could do yeah. was go for walks or go for a sea swim or, you know, meet a friend on the beach. Um, so that was a really precious time that I, I I'm, I'm glad of, I'm grateful for. And I mentioned my dad died. He had dementia and 
he got really bad through the lockdowns because he wasn't getting that that stimulation of, of seeing people. And it was really tough for my mom and me and my brother and sister were all able to come together as a family and be there for what eventually was the last year and a half of my dad's life. If I had been working at the pace I had been in 2019, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. And that would have felt like a burden and it didn't feel like a burden. It felt like I had the time for it and the privilege. So that's on a personal level. But as things picked back up again, I didn't have my fight as much. I didn't, I didn't have it. And things weren't picking back up as, as quickly. And my self-reflection, instead of being like, what's working for me, where do I need to go? I was like, I, I, I don't know where I need to go. And I don't know if I believe in all of this stuff anymore. I mean, this is so ridiculous. Be live your best life. What's this all about? And that's when you and I <laughs> started working together. <laughs> And I was like nearly shouting at you down the phone about what is a life coach anyway? And I mean, this is ridiculous. And, you know, I was really cynical. Um, yeah, I remember. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it started to come in, especially when I talk to you now about my plot points along the way. I don't know where it happened, but it but it, it but it certainly did. Our very first conversation was that exact conversation. I remember because I was actually in the car. The phone rang and we had this chat and we were kind of finding out a bit more about each other. And I and you told me literally that, like, I have such a block, you said to me. I'll never forget. You were like, I was a big believer. I went to Tony Robbins. I you know I always believed in. But now I just think, what's the point? I remember that. And we had such a great chat. But what I always loved is you still had the element of curiosity and you were open. You were like, you still do something in you still like, OK, let's discover more here. Let's, you know, and that's and when you brought me on your show and we had that chat. And it's almost like it just it's like a reminder or it just opened the door again. But since that moment, I feel like you've been you've opened the heart to that again. Yeah. And it took some work. And I think it's a good thing for that, you know, struggle. A struggle is where you learn. Mm. And I hadn't really had a struggle. I mean, look, things had happened. Please don't get me wrong. But I had been pretty lucky. I'd kind of gone from this to that, to this, to, to mm. that. But I think it was, I mean, I remember saying to my husband one night, um, you know, and I think I just need to get a bit more clearer on my goals. I mean, I've written them all down and, you know, I wrote down that I wanted to be a TV presenter, but, you know, that's not really worked out. And he was like, Claire, you, you are a TV presenter. But because I didn't have the Claire McKenna show and it wasn't now being in talks with, uh, you know, a big conglomerate to be broadcast across the globe, or I wasn't signing a Netflix deal. I wasn't seeing it. And I wasn't looking at the fact that I still had the career that I had wanted. And I still working for myself gave me enough time to be with my kids. I picked them up mm. every day from school. If I had been off signing some Netflix deal, that would have come at a cost but I think the mistake that I've realized that I was making was that I was always striving and focusing on career goals and the rest was just uh, ah yeah sure, that's life personal life mm. that just happens I was forgetting about the importance of that and I was constantly as I said when you strive when you get into a striving mentality you're on to the next you're on to the next you're forgetting to look at where you are at now and enjoy it because you're always looking onwards and mm. I think that's where it tripped me and I think having to really slow down and do nothing 
is what made me really start to look at that. And I had got quite negative and I'd said, well, the industry industry is really small and sure they never gave me a full time gig. They just, you know, had me for cover. And I was turning that in on myself, whereas actually when I sat and asked myself, do you want that full time gig? The answer was no. So why are you spending all of this time rather than building the momentum, taking what you're learning and moving on to the next? So, yeah, that's been my journey over the last the last year. And I remember that conversation was when you were explaining all that kind of stuff to me. And I was like, well, what about is it that you want or is it you giving your message? And why don't you do it your way? Like, why not create your own way of doing it, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, actually, why, why don't I? And that was before the, the the documentaries, your own podcast, that had just been kind of a vision that was kind of born. Like when you really saw it, I can do it myself, actually. Like there was a bit of self-empowerment kind of awareness that came in. So even though you said a little bit ago that, you know, sometimes when you don't see the reward instantly, you get frustrated. But yet what came was actually still a reward. It was just from a person instead of a professional. So sometimes you're so focused on one time why isn't it working why isn't it working but yet it gave you a gift somewhere else which probably actually shaped you more of who you are as a as a person now you know than if you had kept going on the same path because maybe there would be more of an imbalance whereas now there's not only an increased awareness professionally but there's even more awareness personally and more appreciation as well so like does it always work out in some way then is that is that kind of what you're Yeah. And I mean, you said, do you think the culture is there today that you had, you know, back when you were Mm. 24 to have this self-belief? And there's so much focus now on followers and likes and this being this instant success. And Mm -hmm. I love now, I think, long form conversations on podcasts. You get to hear from all people in life who are perceived to be successful and you get to hear how many times they failed how many times things went wrong how nothing is overnight things take there's so many no's there's so many knocks because I think we look to people we admire and we think that they have just you know woke up one day and you know there was just gold bullion all around them and that's just not the way it is you know there's ups there's downs there's fights there's struggles for everyone and I think we are talking about that a lot more but in my industry, I started to think that if you didn't have a million followers on your Instagram, your Instagram page mm. was a failing. If you didn't have, you know, three million listens to your podcast mm. every week, your podcast was a fail, you know, and I've had to really reshift that perspective, like you said. So with my podcast, um, it's opened loads of different doors to me and it's really set the stall for who I am. So it's around change and I am really obsessed with change and that spark in people to fight for something that they believe in, as well Mm. as all the personal change we've spoken about. And when people saw that, people have contacted me and said, you know, will you come and speak at this event? Will you come and take part? Can I come on your your podcast? I'd love to talk about this. And it's begun to really light me up. So it hasn't been about the 3 million listens it's been about mm. how it's evolved me and opened different doors so yeah it's it's a shifting of perspective of what success really mm. is and something that you made me do in one of our our first meets together which i found so helpful and, and really kind of illustrates this point is you asked me to write my life five years down the line and my dream life and Mm -hmm. you know everything you have to put in from the minute you wake up to how you wake up to what you do next right you going to bed 
And, you know, I was living in this, you know, incredible house and I was going off for my walk, you know, I was doing all of this amazing stuff. And it was the part where I was considering my kids five years down the, the, the line. And so they would have been eight and 10 at the time that I was writing this. And now they were going to be in their mid teens. And I would often find it quite difficult to, to juggle everything as, as, as all parents do or all people do I think life is quite overwhelming at the lot between whatsapp groups and emails and you know we're all a bit multi-hyphenated whether there's kids in that mix or not but there are times where I find that that challenging obviously but when I was writing that they needed me less and they weren't even around there was a real tightness across my chest and a real feeling in my tummy and I I didn't like that and I think I had taken my eye off that. I, when you're striving and looking forward all the time, you're missing the magic that's all around you. When you're constantly focused on trying to create magic in your life, you're missing that the magic is already here. Yeah. And just enjoying the, the journey. That's been, that's been my lesson over the last little while. To just slow down, let what's going to happen, happen. I remember mm-hmm. a woman... Um, I used to go to see from time to time saying to me, Claire, it's like you're sowing the seeds and then you're jumping up and down on the soil saying, where are the flowers? Where are the flowers? And I think I have been guilty of that over the over time. So I've really let that go. And I'm I'm more excited to see what happens as it happens. And it's so easy to talk looking back, right? We have hindsight and we get the clarity and how things work out. But, you know, we do get caught up. That's, and that's the culture plays that social proof, you know. And unfortunately, we talk about life not being fair sometimes. There is people with a great show. I always talk about this. There's people with a great show, great marketing show, and there might not be something real behind. And then there's people who maybe don't have a great marketing show, whether it's an Instagram or the followers or whatever, but they have something real behind. And you can get caught up like, I don't have the show and I don't have, and I was like this for a while, I don't have that big brand. And ultimately it's our responsibility because we're not, if we take action consistently enough and we don't think about the show, but we focus on the delivering, you're, 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 tribe will find you your audience will find you and you will grow and actually it'll happen automatically but we get so caught up in comparison again that we actually get into inaction we get into avoidance behavior because like oh i don't have what they have but if you look some of the people with the best shows some can back it up a lot don't people find that out but that's not your problem you just have to worry about am i delivering in alignment with the truest version of me right and when you see what i love about your journey is even in the last year and a half taking those steps taking those steps and then the conversation recently, you said, well, now I'm hosting, I'm presenting, I'm being invited. So that vision that was there a year and a half is already, it's been happening and it happens more and more because you just said, what can I control without control? You know, what can I focus yeah. on? Yeah. And you just took the steps, right? So, like, I mean, that's a big lesson for people, I think, is even like you had this story for years of TV, radio, this vision, and then this comparison and your own show. And ultimately it comes down to, well, I can't control what they do ever. And I can stress out and I can waste my time and my energy, or I can really tune into, like, I remember that first question, why can't you do it yourself for you? Do you need them? And you said, I actually don't need them. Not today. Maybe 20 years ago, I needed them because of their power. And their, but culture is different. The media is there now. And some of the biggest people in the world today didn't, don't do it through a network, right? They do it through themselves. So is there anything you say to people, either male or female, or whichever you feel, you know, that you, you feel you can direct most energy to that will impact the most that are at that stage where maybe you were either at, at the beginning like you were 
going into an industry that maybe is daunting or there's a lot of barriers, or maybe at the time where a shift came, a change came two years ago, three years ago for you, and they don't know what to do next. Like, what would you say to those people? I would say start to become aware of your thoughts, start to become aware of what it is that you're saying to yourself on a constant basis, because I had stopped doing that. So I had got so caught up in what wasn't working that I was forgetting to look at what was working. And that's where you want to be putting your attention. And that's what you want to be making grow. And I also Mm. didn't realize, and it was a real kind of aha moment for me, was that I was in a comfort zone of negativity. I thought a comfort zone was something kind of positive that, you know, you got into a comfortable job as we all do that pays the bills. And you're like, yeah, this is fine. I'm not going to, you know, rock this boat. I'll just stick with it. That's what I thought a comfort zone was, but I was in a comfort zone of giving out or being negative about so many things that hadn't gone my way. Mm. And that was keeping me small. That was keeping me back. That was my excuse to not push myself further anymore. And I didn't even notice it happening. I was just like, sure, they never rang me back. And that never happened. And I've gone to these TV production companies and I've given these ideas and they didn't get back to me and they ghosted me. And that's Mm. just terrible. And, you know, whatever, maybe all that's true. But what does that even matter? It's like I said about the Mm. relationship that didn't work out. How does it serve me to keep thinking about that and ruminating on that as to why it didn't work out? It just didn't Mm. move on. And I know that's easier said than done. And like I'm speaking from experience, I went the wrong way for so long. But all the things I hear so much now, and again, we're all getting a lot more exposed to, to mental health discussion and how to protect your own mind. What you're telling yourself has a direct impact on how you feel and how you behave. Mm. And you have to kind of catch it. It actually takes daily work. So now when I catch myself going to say, they didn't ring back and that didn't. I go, hang on. No, stop. And it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily I haven't gone full force. I'm not necessarily going to the mirror and going, you are the best and you're going to go (laughs) and get it. But it's enough to just catch it and now I just focus on what is working and, and and on a more holistic level, not just based around my career, but mm. all areas of my life. How content am I in my life? How much time do I have to lean into all the things that light me up? Because there's not just work. There are so many other facets to our life that need our care and attention. And I've turned my attention to how I manage my finances, to where I make time for something spiritual in my life, mm. to my relationships, to my friendship. It's a full, it's a full holistic 360 it's all of that. So yeah. I would say catch your thoughts have a little think. And if you're spending time in negativity, chances are that's, that's, that's keeping you back. That's where I was. I was in a comfort zone of it's everybody else's fault and not even consciously. I'm a very positive, bubbly look on the bright side. My friends like give out to me because in a conversation (laughs) where they want to talk about something, I'm like, well, would you just see the other side? You know, that's who I am as a person. So even through all that bubbly, positive look on the bright side I was still keeping myself small and yeah I've stopped doing that now and for people who then like when that change comes like especially after 2019 and COVID and they have a crossroads like do I jump ship completely here like do I go to another industry another career another relationship another country or do I stay on this like the way you found another lane to get to the same destination right whether it's you know broadcasting essentially and so on 
like you, you look for different lanes because of your awareness. You're able to find new lanes and you continue to find new lanes. At what point do you know I should stay towards the same destination? I should just look for different lanes? Or at what point do I consider changing destination, do you think? And how do you find the answer to that? <laughs> I just think, I mean, look, Easy you're question, right. right. You're right. People need help. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you do need help. And whether it's going to a workshop or, you know, doing something online or even carving out time to sit. Now, I resist journaling. Like, I just, I can't. But even just sitting with a blank page and seeing, like, writing a, like a pros and cons list, what's working mm. in life right now and what isn't. And, you know, it could be the busy commute. It could be your home situation. It could be a million things. And it doesn't mean you're going to wake up tomorrow and end the relationship, move house, change job. I mean, it might just be a conversation. You need to have somebody to create some boundaries. Sure. Um, but the more I learn, the more I know everybody's needs and wants are different in their life. But everybody actually knows it if they just give themselves the chance to listen to it. And I think we've really been sold this be the best. And we think that you have to be out there as, you know, a real Steve Jobs type person or somebody who's completely mm -hmm. changing the world. You don't, you just have to make mm -hmm. sure you're living your authentic self and the exactly. rest happens and the rest comes, but you know, it can come from being content with who you are right now. And that can be anyone from somebody staying at home with kids to somebody who's working in a bank to the Steve Jobs people. It's it's all mm -hmm. the same. And I had got caught up in that because I think that's where the personal development courses and message was. It was very much tied up in making money like Napoleon Hill, yeah. think and grow rich. It was it was get out there, make money. It was that capitalist mm. model, whereas now we're like, get happy with who you are. Mm. and then see what happens from from then and typically the money comes like when you're in alignment and you focus on doing what you love like if you do anything for money it ends badly no matter what it is you know if you do things because it, it you feel in alignment with it and I, one of the questions that i always ask people is like if you had a magic wand if money was no object what would you do like if you could design that's the exercise about the schedule in your life like if you could design your paradise what would it look like and then as a coach what i do people is okay do you really want that if you notice when you come back, like that's what that's the work then is do we really, how do we separate what we think we want from what we really want? And as you're saying, their biggest gift for, that you've given yourself is that continuously asking questions and being aware. And, and, and even though you've been in an industry for years, even though you've had success, you continue to be curious, right? And continue to have awareness. And do you think that's something you'll keep, like you're getting more and more into, or do you feel like it's like, Okay, I have my level of curiosity and clarity now. Or is it something you constantly pursue? Is it something you have to give attention to? You have to make time for continuously? Or is there times you forget it and it just comes at a whim? Like, how important is it to you to continually stay curious? It's definitely one of my uh, non-negotiables in, in life. And I've got the magic back. And only because I took the time to work on it. And then it took a good year and a lot of self-inventory and a mm. lot of time and a lot of, and I, I don't get up now and sit in a cushion and meditate for two hours every day you know I'm as, as much as everybody else moving through busy life but I do take time for myself and I do ask myself questions constantly and I do look at experiences and see what I can take from them with learning because when I first started talking to you I didn't know what I wanted anymore mm. I didn't know where I wanted to go I was like okay I've, I've got to radio I've got to tv and 
you know, okay, I love this. I love this job. Um, but what else, what else do I, do I want to do? Um, and it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to change, as I say, but I, I didn't know where my next point was and it took longer. And I think because of the things I alluded to at the start, because I'm at a different time in my life, mm-hmm. I, I want to move at a different pace. You know, I've strived for 20 years. I wanted something different. Yeah. So there was a big learning in that. So that was a big shift. And I just stepped through it one step at a time. I didn't have necessarily a big end goal. So there was a lot of work on how I speak to myself, how I view situations, what I carry with me, why I carry that with me. So all of that, once you start shifting those things out of the way, other things come to the surface. So create space for other things. Create space. So like the podcast came and that opened new doors. And then all of a sudden I started to be asked to host more events and speak at more events. And then I thought, mm-hmm. well, what is my what is my message? What am I going to say as a keynote speaker? And that's something now I'm beginning to work on and work mm-hmm. at. And, and again, now different doors have started opening. I met one friend for a coffee who we I hadn't seen in a long time. And it turns out she knows somebody who is perfectly poised in that whole area i'm meeting her next week so again now the little shoots are popping up and things are happening yeah and i'm just going with it and i don't know where it's going to end but i feel an excitement you know i kind of think god am i am i going to be flying here there and everywhere in the world to 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 share a message with somebody god i think that might happen that's exciting but i'm also really happy with where i am right now so and there's a trust there. You're just trusting and going with the path. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but I have a bit of a pull. And I'm also really happy with where things are now. And that that's a really good place to be. So I love you mentioned a few minutes ago, non-negotiables. And people who listen to my podcast or follow me for a while, or people I've worked with, I'm always talking about like the pillars in your schedule, in your week, you know, the non-negotiables. And some people non-negotiables might create some resistance. So now I like calling them pillars, you know? So for you in terms of, cause you mentioned your morning routine, you don't sit and meditate for two hours, uh, but we talked a lot about rituals over the time. What are a couple of key pillars in your day throughout as, as a mother, as a wife, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a woman, as a person, what are your main pillars, whether it's a morning ritual, daily ritual, nighttime ritual, can you share some of your main pillars that you find bring the most value, the most peace, the most, therapy the most whatever to you that you from now on you know that they'll, they'll always be part of your life give us a couple of those yeah I um I mean I don't sit and meditate for two hours but I do get up an hour before everybody else in the house I set the alarm for six um you know in in school time our house starts at seven but even through the summer holidays I still got up and I go and I light a candle and I sit and it can be different every morning. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do end up getting sucked into replying to my WhatsApp groups or, you know, having a quick scroll on Instagram, but that is my time. That's terrible. I know it isn't, isn't it? I could be, I could be, (laughs) I could be levitating if I gave it half a chance, but I just want to be real with people because I think sometimes everyone's like, Oh God, I can't do that. But it's just, it's, and I get a hot drink and I just sit and I might play like a meditation music on your phone, like on go into Spotify, put in peaceful meditation, two songs where I literally just sit 
and I see what happens. Other times I get a pen and paper and I write out everything I have to do that day. And it's all buzzing around in my head. And then when I write it down, it's actually about six things that I'm actually well capable of doing. So it can be different every single day. So I don't have a big expectation on myself, but I have a, an affirmations track that I do put on quite a lot. And I thought I, I found that very helpful for re shifting or refocusing the thoughts that I was saying to myself. So because my head was full of what wasn't working and what wasn't happening and why didn't that happen and why didn't, you know, now all of a sudden I'm playing a track that says, I, I am grateful for the day. I mm. look forward to the day ahead of me and the endless possibilities. And, you know, I, I, you know, I would have been a bit cynical to affirmations, but actually I found that really positive and helpful. So I have kind of a, a, a toolkit of things that happen within that morning and I lean into yeah. whichever one. And also, if like my daughter was in at some stage in the night, I never look at the clock in the night. She'd had a, a nightmare and she climbed into the bed beside us. She's now nearly nine and I think she's going to be six foot. So she was taking up quite a lot of the bed. So that was no sleep for part of the night. So when the alarm went off at six, I'm like, no, do you know what? I'm just going to lie here in the dark. I'm not going to go back yeah. to sleep, but I'm not going to get up. So I'm very much leaning into what do I need right now in this moment? But I'm not going to get back into never getting up tomorrow morning. Now I'll be like, no, I'm going to get up at, at, at six. So that is that is has been huge for me. And that only came to any parents listening at a time where my kids got to an age where they weren't really waking in the night. I mean, I think if you work shift, if you have a new baby, you know, there's all times in your life where that's not going to happen for you. And you might carve it out at a different time of the day. But I think there's something magical about the morning as the sun is coming up and as everybody and everyone else is asleep in particular, yeah. the quietness, silence. Yeah, I just think there's something magic about that. And if you do get to see the sky change and the sun come up, I absolutely love that. So that's a big one for me. On the flip side, to make that happen, I really prioritize sleep. I really do prioritize sleep. And, you know, I said sometimes I, I go into my phone and I look at that, but that's because I've gotten rid of my phone at about eight o'clock the night before. My phone starts to drain me, annoy me. I've had That's enough a big of thing now. That's a big thing at eight o'clock to put the phone away. That, oh, like, I'm done. Talk about, how do you do that? I'm sure there's a lot of people, including myself, who'd love to be able to do that a bit earlier. So I have my um, thing. I'd love to hear how you do it. I have an alarm clock. I bought an alarm clock. I saw it. Um, I was influenced online by a breakfast show um, presenter here. And it is one that lights up. Um, or you can have like kind of bird song or waves to wake you up. Um, and it's and it and it's a nightlight as well, because that's the number one excuse that people use. It's my alarm clock. I have to yeah. bring it to my bed. And if ever I bring it to my bed, I will be on it till 11 o'clock at night. I'll be sucked into things. I'll be reading things. I'll be ordering things online. So that's tip number one, get yourself an alarm clock. And nobody wants, remember those horrible ones that used to be around with like the metal bell, you know, with the yeah. hammer going between it. No, you can get gorgeous ones. Go on Amazon, have a little look, light alarm clock. Um, and it's a much nicer way to wake up. So then I don't need the phone. And the more I've gotten into it, you know, I, I heard somebody talking about their, their, their daughter and they, they'd brought their daughter to an endocrinologist. And he said, look, there's some people that sugar is just going to be more addictive to them. And I think that's, that's your daughter. So if she has it a little bit less then when she has it, she'll realize that it, it, it's not making her feel very good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same with the phone, the less time, and I'm on it all day now, do not get me wrong. My work is through it. Everything is through it. Mm. it, it you're being called in all different directions to it. 
But after a while, it's starting to drain me. It's starting to pull me. And I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go. And I just throw it in another room. I just charge it. And I might pop back into it. There's no big, you yeah. can, I might pop back in and go, so what time are we meeting tomorrow? You know, it's yeah. fine. I, I don't see it as a big pull, but it's gone. And it's certainly not coming anywhere near my, my bedroom to the following morning, which yeah. is why there'll be a curiosity at 6 a.m. to see what did I miss? Sure. So that's <laughs> the next stage of work for you is to get rid of the yeah. curiosity up to nine somehow. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some sort of MP3 player or something. So I don't even need it for the, the meditation music yeah. or the affirmation track. But, I find keeping it on airplane mode, like having some playlist downloaded and then having it on air. So I have, I listen to books every night. I'll, if I'm using my phone, it's on airplane mode and I have the sleep timer set. And I'm then in the morning, I'm not turning off airplane mode until it's ready to be turned off. Like, and that's a little bit of an easy, too easy in some ways, but if you can get that discipline at, at the very least, if the phone's near you on airplane mode, you know what I mean? Because even do not disturb is not enough because you open it and it's still the notification is there. Whereas on airplane mode, nothing is coming through, you know? Yeah. So I also way. have all my notifications turned off. Yeah. So I have I like. to go into WhatsApp. I have to go into Instagram. I have to go in to see what's happened. I don't have things Isn't amazing the difference? all the time. Isn't yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And my phone is always on silent as well. Mm, Once I too. had babies and turned it off for them to be able to sleep, I never turned it back on again. So it's a much nicer way to live. Now, the odd time you miss, you know, a phone yeah. call from the bank that you were waiting for. But I mean, I'd say I could count them on, on one hand in 10 years and you, you bring them back. Good. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. So that I think I think that's a big that's a big thing. And therefore, when I get into bed, I'm reading again. This is my time. I'm, I'm a real fan of ritual. So I'm lighting a candle. This is my time. And it's just even saying that to yourself that you're, yeah. you're filling yourself up in a little way and I get my book and I get whatever and then I go off asleep. So I really do prioritize sleep and I think that has a big impact on my day the next day. And there's a self-esteem aspect that when you declare to yourself, this is my time. Like there's an ownership, there's a self-validation, there's an acknowledgement of self and there's this confidence thing that I decide this. It's an empowerment as well. And a lot of times we, we give so much of ourselves to other people's, like a newsletter I sent out this weekend was all about that, how we let other people fuel our engine. But such a little thing like that, like this is my time, that ownership, that's fueling your engine. Like people can't take that away from you. And it seems so insignificant, but that over a period of time builds confidence, right? Because you, yeah. you can rely on you. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm getting it every night and I look, I mean, it's only 20 minutes by the time I get the yeah. kids to bed and come in and light my candle and read my book, my eyes are going and I'm gone, yeah. but it is my time and it is something nice. And I get into the bed and I think, oh yes, I've made it. And then again, in the morning, when you're setting that time and you're like, this is my time. I just found my days flowed because I would have said I wasn't a morning person. I would have said, no, this is not for me. And we do, we tell ourselves these stories. I can't do that, but try it, you know, give it a try. Yeah. And that's when I started to really feel the benefit. My head was clearer. My mood was higher because, you know, in my house, once seven o'clock comes, you're, you're on, you're running, you're, you know, mm. you're shouting about football boots and bags and this and that. And you're, you know, emptying dishwashers and filling dishwashers and going out and making calls and it, it's gone. You're gone. So to start it in a very calm way and feel that you've had something for yourself, that was that was huge for me. And then, look, to be honest with you, I really do live and breathe health and wellness. It's who I am. It's what I do for a living. I'm so lucky I get 
at least three or four experts in front of me every week talking to mm. me about health and wellness. But before that, I always had a lean there. So I'll always try and move my body in some way, at least, you know, once a day. Um, I never go anywhere. Look, I'm even hooked up right here with water. I have water everywhere I go. I'm always hydrated to the max. And I try and eat well, but I, I enjoy my food. That's been another big shift in my life. I, I, and I think when I think about being a keynote speaker, I think this is my, my message to people. I would have always thought health and wellness was to do with being restrictive and punishing. Whereas now for me, it's about being nourishing and leaning into joy and not restricting yourself. Um, so yeah, nourishing yourself and looking after yourself, but you know, food is to be, is to be celebrated. Yeah. So I, I eat well, but um, yeah, I, I look after myself and I, I, I enjoy myself. And there's one thing I definitely want to talk about because it's something that even I, lo I love the cold. I love cold water. I have cold showers every day for years. I love cold plunges. But something you do and I see regularly on your Instagram is you love going for a swim all year round. Can you tell us about that? Why you do it? What you get from it? The hardest part about it? Talk to us about that. I, I am think a lot of people, guys, listen to this. You go and follow Claire on Instagram and her link that her Instagram will be in the description. Go and check out Claire's Instagram. It's very empowering. But you'll see her do some things like it's beautiful at night, the sunrise, sunset and everything. But this one in particular, some of you guys are going to have some resistance to. So, Claire, talk to us about your relationship with the beach. And the I'm ocean. obsessed. I said earlier that I'm obsessed with with change, but I'm another and it does. It really excites me and fascinates me. But I'm also really fascinated by things we think we can't do that actually we can so you mentioned I, I, I went to a seminar with Tony Robbins and in it, he made us walk across fire, walk across hot coals. Too, yeah, the coals, I did it with you as well, not with you, but yeah, I've done it. And that fascinates me that, 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 that I just, that whole thing just blows my mind and I forget that. And then I think I can't do things and I'm like, care, you walked across fire for God's sake. Yeah. Um, I did this thing for breakfast TV once they sent me off to this city, dairy, gorgeous city. And I was, it was like a, a, a promotional guide for the city so I was doing all the touristy bits and pieces and they sent me off with this guy on a skateboard it was like a bigger skateboard and okay. he said look I, I'd usually teach somebody for two hours before I'd let them go out but I've only got 20 minutes with you so you know good luck and they have this massive uh, beautiful bridge going across the river called the Peace Bridge and I had to come down the Peace Bridge with people walking on it on this skateboard and then turn down to the camera. And I mean, I was sweating, you know, I, I'm not <laughs> like, I, I'm not a teenager. I was like, I'm, I, I don't know about this. I had the helmet, the pads, I looked like a fool. And I just thought to myself, Claire, you walked across fire. You can do this. Yeah. That's the one time it's come to me in my life. Thank I forget it. But the sea is quite like that. The sea is another thing. And, you know, I, I read an article over the weekend and I was a guy talking about it and saying, I haven't been for, for 10 days. And you go right back to square one. And I agreed with them of believing, I don't think I can get in there. Just, and yeah. no matter how many times you plan it and go and you're meeting your friends and you've packed your bag and you know you're getting in, you're still walking down. There's steps down to my beach thinking, I don't, I don't think so today. Oh, no, I don't, don't think so today. It's a bit cold. Yeah. I'm not well. I'm tired. Did you sleep well? And you're saying all this stuff. So it's a real metaphor for life. Yeah. And then you just go through the motions. You just keep, you just keep going and you get in and then you don't want to get back out again. And 
for years I didn't get in for years I used to go to like Ibiza or Spain or whatever and like just lie on the beach and be like oh no that's too cold why would you put yourself into discomfort why would you do that to yourself and then the hair and the this and that no I'm not doing it and it was only in lockdown because it was the only way to go to meet people I certainly never got into the Irish sea and we went and tried it because I'd heard so much about the health benefits and I had got in an ice bath with a Wim Hof practitioner here, Neil Omuraku. And again, it's doing something that you think you can't. And to get into a big, it was like a big, you'd see them kind of a bars that they use to put all the the empty bottles in. It was a big kind of bathtub like that, full of big chunks of ice. And I'm in it smiling for a photograph with him and, and focusing on my breathing. So there's that element to it as well. So not only are you doing something that you don't think you can, but you also are forced to control your breathing. So when you get in, you're like, (gasps) and you have to regulate your breathing, sort yourself out and your body does adapt. And then that teaches you in stressful situations to just breathe and adapt and let it happen. So there's all kinds of magic in the sea. And you always have your breath, right? That's the thing with fear, anxiety, any kind of mind stuff that we get overwhelmed it's really a separation from the heart and the breath i believe and i think whenever you go into the breath there's safety there there's peace there no matter what and even in the most extreme situations like a cold sea like so how often do you do it oh i've fallen off the wagon a little bit it's not this as good easy to, call you to out fit it in yeah because everyone's going to follow you to come be like I want to see her do it. She hasn't done it yet. What's going on? So now you're going to have yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have, I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. Um, I, the last time I went was probably two weeks ago. So I'm not oh making God. it. A non- I thought it was going to be a couple of months, two weeks. That's not so bad. No, I'm not making it a, a non-negotiable necessarily, but it's definitely something in, in my toolkit. And when I go, I always try and stay in for about eight minutes and I will always dip my head under. I call that the reset it's a okay. full reset because it shocks the whole head mm. and it's so silent under there. There's just nothing. And then you come back up again and it's almost like a bit of a, a bit of a, a rebirth, but I have, I've said to my pals recently, just, if we don't get in now, we won't get in for, for all of winter because it's not as comfortable as, as it has been over the mm. summer, because in the summer it's almost refreshing, um, you yeah. know, cause it's been a really nice summer here in Ireland. So it's a hot day you're getting in, you know, and then you're coming back out and the sun's beating down, the sun's drying you and you throw your, you know, your shorts and t-shirt on and on you go. Now you have to be prepared. And I think that's really important. I know people laugh at all the gear now and everyone's got the big, long dry robe coats and there's yeah. a lot of slagging going on here in Ireland about the, the kind of dry robe brigade, but actually you do need the gear. You need to make sure you've you've warm clothes and layers to put back on you because your oh, yeah. body temperature will continue to drop and you mm. need a hot drink. But I, I remember one of the days the girls were meeting and I went down and I don't know why I didn't get in. I don't know why I decided I wouldn't bring my gear. So I'll just see the girls. Cause I thought that was part of the magic and it is it's, the community yeah. and the chat and, and the coming together it is part of the magic and you do you share like there's a man down on my beach he's 83 he goes down every day and gets in the sea every single day without fail and comes and does some some exercises so you'll meet people like Nikki and there is magic in in all of that but I went and I chatted with the girls and I got back into the car and I was like I'm not buzzing my whole body is not tingling that's where the magic is you have to you have to get in. So yes, no, I will. I'll get, I'll get in. And it is, it is definitely a part of my life. It's just not necessarily a part of my, my everyday. 
well, I had a bit of a download as you were speaking. I'm like, because I always get in, even in Dubai when I run, there's a guy called Mr. Ice. So I do a 10K run on the beach. It's probably 37 degrees and he's there on the beach. Then I jump in, but it's torture because it's so cold from such a high temperature, but it is that refreshingness still. I find it harder in Ireland when it's kind of cold, it's a bit breezy and then you're doing it. It's almost easier to go from like a hot shower to a cold shower or from a sauna to a plunge than to be like just not warm and then to go into it. But I'm back in Ireland in a few weeks, as you know, and I just had this feeling I have to go and I'm up in Dublin to you and do it with you. Yes. I feel yes. like I should. I feel like it just came to me and I'm like, when it comes, I'm always, I have to do it. I can't not do it now. So if it's, if it's, if you're up for it, when I come back, we'll do it together. You'll bring me, I'll go visit you and then you'll take me down and we'll do it together. How's that sound? Yeah. And it's the most beautiful cove. I mean, we know how much nature can do for us that we are nature and to fully immerse yourself there's no more fully immersed than to actually be in the sea I mean you do get it in the woods a little bit you know if you're hiking and you're taking in a big view of course you do but you're actually in it you're in the sea and you're looking back at the cliffs and I always get a real sense of gratitude when I'm in it it's really weird I'm only like saying thank you I'm really whispering thank you to the sea you get a swell of gratitude so it's very soul stirring stuff and I would have been cynical to it as well but yeah it, it there is there is magic there's such I a need grounding to do a more just such a grounding and it's out of the mind you're really in the body I think we're back actually I believe that's our nature I believe we're home actually in the sea in the mountains I believe in nature that's our home our truth and that's why we find peace there and, and I found it strange like where you are in Dubai I, I, I visited it what maybe a year ago and it doesn't feel the same because the sea is so no. warm and, it, and yeah. it's kind of man-made land, isn't, isn't it? I mean, it's Absolutely. real sand, yeah, yeah, but it just yeah. doesn't feel the same. It, it, so it's the vibration not the same. Is, it's a different vibration completely. Yeah, it's literally. And that's the thing. The mind can't understand it, but the body knows. That's isn't that, it yeah, works. yeah, yeah. See there, that, that's further proof of the magic. Absolutely. Um, or a miracle. It's even more. I'm, I'm gone from magic to miracles lately. I feel like we're literally living it's miracles all around us i think we're a miracle like even the fact that we're breathing we have nothing to so unknown to us you know our heart how we're here everything is working and you know we have to trust ourselves more because everything about us is unknown essentially right so not to be afraid so getting into the sea it's unknown you think you know what you're getting into you're not you're actually going to find peace you're going to find comfort there in in that so just trust yourself is what i'd say to people listening Listen, Claire, it's been absolutely phenomenal talking to you. I think we could talk another hour too easily. There's so much more. We might have to do a part two to this if you're up for it. Um, where can people find you now? Because you mentioned at the start, you have your podcast, you have your radio show. Can you tell people where they can find you? So my Instagram is Claire McKenna Presents. Um, I spell Claire without an I. And I have a podcast called Changemakers, which you'll find on all platforms. And... My radio show is called Alive and Kicking and it's on a radio station called News Talk and it's also available as a podcast. So, yeah, I'd love people to to listen and and get involved and and get in touch for sure. Absolutely. And I I can vouch 100 percent and everyone listening can get a feel for you, Claire. You know, for me, you're one of the most authentic people I've ever met. You stay true to yourself. I have huge respect for you. I admire you a lot. And uh, I'm so grateful that you had me on your platform to share kind of my insights, my perspective on things. And it's been an absolute honor to have you on mine as the first guest on the Authentically You segment of Back to You podcast. So thank you so much, Claire, for being so open and sharing so honestly. And I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It is it is scary. You know, you really do lay yourself out there. But I think that's so <laughs> important because that's the kind of thing I 
I would want to hear. There's no point in having this big shiny veneer of mm. everything. Everything's fabulous. Everything is fabulous. But, you know, it, there were ups and downs to get this way of thinking. And, and thank you very much because you've been a, a great help as a coach and you've you've certainly become a friend. So thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Claire. Guys, thank you for listening. If this is your first time on a podcast, make sure you check out the other episodes, whether you're on Apple Music, whether Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give the podcast a like, give it a follow, give it a rating. I know we these podcasts need ratings. It means more people can hear the podcast. If there's someone you know who'd enjoy this chat, send them the podcast, especially this one with Claire here. There's a lot in it. Claire's podcast is incredible. Check it out. It's all, all this stuff is free. So it's a win for you. It's a win for us. It's a win for everybody. So Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and we will see you in the next episode. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.